Welcome to SageCast, the podcast of Pomona College. I'm Patty Vest. And I'm Mark Wood. This season on SageCast, we're talking with a variety of Pomona College students about topics and experiences that shape their collegiate lives. Today, we're talking about the Claremont College's long and still very healthy tradition of a cappella groups. Joining us for this discussion are Lindsay Chu, Pomona Class of 21, co-president of the Women's Blue and White, and Spencer Louie, Pomona Class of 19, co-president of the After School Specials. Uh, welcome, uh, uh, Spencer and Lindsay. Thank you so much. That's, thanks yeah. for having us. Hi, thank you so much. <laughs> it's great to have you both with us. Um, so let's start with your own musical backgrounds. I, I assume you were both involved with music before you came to Pomona. Uh, do you want to start, Lindsay? Yeah, sure. So um, in high school, I was incredibly involved in, I was in four choirs in high school. Oh. That was like how I branded myself in high school. So I was assistant conductor of my glee club in high school. I was also head of the Madrigals group. I was a lead singer in a chamber choir at the Colburn School of Music in downtown LA. And then I was I was also part of their children's choir as well. Um, and then I also played classical piano for 10 years, but I I'd never been in like a social group like acapella before until I came to college. Yeah, I guess my experience kind of contrasts with that a lot because I really had no formal music experience before I started uh, here at the colleges. Uh, I had a lot of kind of other musical experience though. So I played piano for a number of years and I played saxophone and classical alto saxophone uh, and played in like the national band in Canada and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, both of you, any order, uh, can you trace back your interest in, in singing a cappella? So you said you hadn't been in a social a cappella group and then you didn't have any, any, can you trace back to the point like, I've, that sounds really interesting. I want to join. Did you know how to spell it? <laughs> no, I didn't actually. I was so I was in a class with Jody Rockwell uh -huh. for my ID one for my critical in is that what it's inquiry? called critical mm -hmm. inquiry? Yeah. yeah, and I consistently spelled acapella wrong for the entirety <laughs> of my first semester. And my friends, like who were in class with me and are still my friends to this day, were like, Lindsay, you were part of an acapella group from like the very beginning. You could you spelled it wrong every single time and in different ways as well. Like in my mind, the jury's still out on how you really spell it. Also, who wrote the abolish acapella thing on Walker Wall? What? Oh yeah, so there, there's on Walker Wall, which is you know the wall where anyone can kind of paint and and um, kind of do whatever illustrations or type they want. They wrote abolish acapella, and they spelled acapella, I guess, wrong in the traditional <laughs> sense. Um, I I think it's a group of. Uh, probably a couple people that are just kind of want to make a rebellious statement. So it's not fun. even the haters can spell it right. <laughs> I think yeah. it's so funny though because I think it's I, think, I think it's like really yeah. really funny. My group we we were thinking about like painting underneath it hashtag acabolish <laughs> underneath. <laughs> but I also think it's I think it's so interesting because I do think like out of all the clubs that one could attack at the five C's, acapella is arguably the most harmless. <laughs> which, uh, which makes it maybe the most yeah, funny. You know, yeah, it. Like, yeah, it sounds yeah. like it was almost uh, satire, right? I mean, oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, I like really can't think of any like political issue. <laughs> well, someone beat, yeah. you, beat you to the punch um, because someone wrote kind of like they're kind of correcting an essay, like zero out of 10, see me after class. Uh, <laughs> I think that was actually Cade Niles from Hooligans. That's right. Yeah. 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 Also a Pomona student. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you've, okay. 
We're naming names now. um so so neither one of you was i mean you weren't really aware of acapella before uh were you aware that there were groups here did it have anything to do with your coming here i don't think so personally i mean i think everyone generally kind of from like our ages mm-hmm. knew about acapella probably through the kind of popular things like mm-hmm. uh, Pitch Perfect is a big thing. Pentatonix right. really had a big rise during kind of our high school yeah, times. Glee. Yeah, that's right. Glee. Mm-hmm. Glee. Um, and so all those mm-hmm. things kind of brought it to your consciousness. And I think that's um, why I sought it out here at Pomona. Um, but I didn't explicitly know about any groups before I came here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I knew about after school specials, actually. Um, but I only knew about them because I went to Admitted Students Day um, and they sang. And then I went up to, I think, I think it was Nico Tutland. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, who arranges a lot of the music for my group currently, actually. Um, and he he was talking to me about how much he enjoyed acapella and how much like he really fostered a really great community through through his acapella group. And I knew when I wanted when I went to college that as as most people do, I wanted to make friends. Um, and I thought that one of the easiest ways to do that was to join an acapella group. Along, kind of along those lines, um, do you guys sing in any of the uh, musical in ensemble, ensembles or choral ensembles at Pomona? Well, I did for <laughs> okay. three semesters. Uh-huh. Um, this is my first semester that I have decided to take a break from that. But mm-hmm. Before, I was in choir with Donna DeGrazia mm-hmm. um, from freshman year to last semester, so my fir- my fall of my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really great because I got to see, like, two different sides of musical performance. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously the techniques are very different, but ultimately it's still singing and you have to have the same technique for both. And I think that they really helped me grow in both, like, the classical setting and in the acapella pop setting. Mm-hmm. I... Uh, like Lindsay kind of sang in the choir for my first year, so two semesters. Um, and again, you know, you, I'm kind of echoing those thoughts of, you know, a very different kind of uh, environment in which you're kind of doing coordinated singing. Um, I think I'm a serial overcommitter. I, I really do a lot of things on campus, especially in my first year. And so, and Donna is very uh, kind of demanding, uh, which is why the choir and the glee club are so, you know, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I really couldn't commit to choir as much as I uh, yeah. probably wanted to and as much as Donna wanted to as well. And so, um, you know, my past three years have been choirless, sadly. Um, Tell us a little bit about your specific acapella group. Um, let's let's have a little dueling description here. <laughs> dueling. Spelling spelled like D U A L or D U E L. E L. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to go first? Um, sure. Yeah. So, uh, the after school specials was actually founded as. Um, shower quality and we changed our names maybe six or seven years ago (laughs) and i think you know it really started as kind of like ninth street hooligans as kind of a funny joke group and we still continue a lot of those traditions to this day so um, the after school specials the initials are ass and so you know draw from that what you will we also have hats with our initials on them so they are ass hats Um, again (laughs) draw from that what you will i'm not going to make any um, direct kind of comparisons here um, you know, but over the past four years, uh, we've kind of transformed into a, 
um, maybe four or five years into a, like a competitive group that kind of competes on the national scene and has um, more of a, a national presence. And so uh, last year, for example, we competed in the International Collegiate Championship of Acapella. That's the uh, competition that is depicted in Pitch Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to the finals. So we were really lucky to like perform in New York on Broadway. And that was a really fun experience, uh, kind of among other cool things that I've been able to do during my uh, four years here. So my acapella group, Women's Blue and White, is arguably the most historic group on campus. Um, we originally, we originated in the 80s, I believe, right after Men's Blue and White was formed. And at this point, Men's Blue and White has ceased to exist. So, rip, sad. Um, we miss them dearly. And this is actually a very recent occurrence. Um, this happened like three years ago. But because of their absence, we are now the oldest group on campus. We are the only single sex um, group on campus. We are only women. Um, And we tend to perform on more of a local level. That being said, we perform at many 5C um, 5C events. We perform at alumni weekend. Uh, We perform for multiple admitted students days, especially at Scripps and at Pomona as well. Uh, We perform just routine snack concerts as all the groups do. We do our final concerts. We perform for um, various organizations, both on and off campus. And we, I think, what else do we do? We do other things that I cannot, oh, we also perform at Scamfest, which is as all right. the acapella groups do. Scamfest is Southern Southern California Acapella Music Festival, mm-hmm. um, which is performed at Big Bridges. It's possibly my favorite day of the entire year. Everyone pulls out all the stops and makes like the greatest performance you will ever see. Genuinely, I think it's like the highlight of the year. Mm-hmm. Ton of fun. Tell us about uh, the part you play in your group. Um, So I am co-president. So a lot of that. So at least in my group, my group has two positions. There is president and then there is musical director. Mm -hmm. Um, And as president, I do a lot of the musical aspects as well, but it's more heavily. um, It's I spend a lot more time on administrative work. So I um, collect funds and try to like manage myself as treasurer as well. I have to work or I have to create a schedule around our 12 singers, all of which are also overcommitted in many ways. Um, We have to plan concerts. We have to work with amongst other acapella groups. And then we also have to like make routine schedules for every rehearsal so that we can get everything done within Mm -hmm. the very limited span of time that we have throughout the the semester. Mm Yeah. And for me, I think, you know, kind of echoing a lot of the things that Lindsay said, I think that um, the leadership structures in all these acapella groups is pretty similar. So you'll have kind of a president that or presidents that do the uh, kind of more administrative work. And then you have the music director that handles the day to day in terms of rehearsals and, and the musical aspect of that. Um, uh, you know, I've been president for the past two years, co-president, um, co-president during all that time, but the only person that's kind of been uh, consistent throughout those all two years. Um, and so, you know, just to add on to, you know, what Lindsay said, you know, if we have, you know, any travel plans, for example, it's such a pain to <laughs> organize, you know, travel for, for people, uh, 16 uh, to 18 people in our group uh, at any time. And so um, it's it's an incredible hassle, but of course, incredibly worth it. Um, as a singer, kind of my role in the group is mm-hmm. um, the bass. And so okay. uh, we kind of have a dedicated bass that kind of is in the rhythm section, kind of acts like a um, like an electric bass, for example, in a band. Um and so I'm actually, I don't really sing that much. I'm really just making <laughs> low noises. <laughs> <laughs> Give us an example. 
Oh gosh. <laughs> I, I think um, you know, I think my regular speaking voice is pretty deep. So yeah, I, it yeah. is. It is. I have to say though, having bass is so important yeah. within your acapella group, and like you don't really get a lot of the glory because you don't sing a lot of solos, and your voice is not right. as like quote distinctive because it's just not at a higher register. But if like you lack a bass, your songs just do not sound good. Mm-hmm. Genuinely, like it just does not sound as rich or as um as full as it could possibly be so like i commend your singing skills as a bass (laughs) well i mean here's i mean i guess music theory wise you know i I suppose the bass is supposed to bridge the kind of vocal percussion or the drum set um with the rest of the groups and the instruments um in our case just voices um Mm -hmm. and what's really interesting is that in competition now they're allowing what's called octavizing of bass and so um whatever kind of song like kind of note you sing say do it'll um they'll kind of electronically replicate that tone but an octave down and so that adds kind of that added richness to basses um and that's both for you know kind of co-ed groups men's but you know Mm -hmm. i think it especially has an impact on women's groups yeah Mm -hmm. that's what i was about to say because i think you know just uh, yeah you know it's hard to have a bass right exactly yeah it's really it's hard for women singers or i think that our group is I'm so proud of my my fellow women. I think that we have sounded better than we ever have before. I'm just like every time I go to rehearsal, I'm just blown away by the talent that's in the room and the amount of hard work that goes in. That being said, I think one of the hardest challenges for a women's group is that people will just people without a musical background will inherently think that your sound isn't as strong or as rich just because you just can't, you lack an entire octave. Mm -hmm. And there's not Mm -hmm. much you can do about that because women's voices just like cannot possibly go as low as men's voices. And trying to accommodate for that has been something that we struggled with arrangement wise, but also something that I think we have managed effectively in the past years. Mm -hmm. And I think limitations, you know, generally breed uh, kind of innovations mm-hmm. and kind of new fun ways of doing that. And I think that's something that your group does really well. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the, the time investment involved. Uh, I, how much do you rehearse individually and together? And I mean, what, what kind of work goes into producing that, that sound? Well, as a whole group, for our group, we uh, rehearse three times a week, uh, an hour, ha- hour and a half each. Mm-hmm. And so it turns out to be just about five hours a week of kind of whole group commitment. And then, of course, we try to have people learn sheet music on their own. Mm-hmm. And we try to have, you know, we have lots of kind of separate things working with individual people. So if somebody is, you know, having tough a tough time with a tough part, then we'll work individually with them. Uh, we work individually with soloists to kind of get their things up to snuff. And especially for mm-hmm. leading up to a big performance, mm-hmm. it can, you know, we can rehearse up to six nights a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Um, my group also rehearses three times a week, one and a half hours twice a week, and then two hours on Sundays. Um, and our format's incredibly similar. It's mm-hmm. it's ba- basically the same. And then when we prepare for large concerts, we actually do go every night um, for like about a week and a half until we are ready. Um, and like, it's very scary, but if we are not ready, we will just, like, keep people <laughs> in, like, rehearsal for it until we, we can absolutely get it. Mm-hmm. And at least I think this is, this might be the case for all groups, but I noticed that this year my group is a lot smaller than the other groups on campus. Mm-hmm. It just, maybe, maybe, it, yeah, maybe it just looks like it because we're women and we're shorter, but... <laughs> 
I do think that we have less people. I was thinking about how at Human Symphony, people tend to have right. two rows right. um, or two arcs, and my group only had one. It was a long arc, though. It yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe, I, I, I don't keep track of how many people are in the other groups, but um, one of the things that is a challenge for us is that if we don't have like, like everyone there, it's incredibly hard to push ourselves or just improve ourselves because like one person actually does make a massive difference in the rehearsing process yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's especially hard in choreography oh my gosh yeah. oh choreo everyone needs to be there yeah everyone yeah. needs to be there oh gosh mm -hmm. and I've, I've i'm always so bad at choreo it's just like i've never danced before and there's this one video of us um this was like my first year and um, we we're supposed to kind of like just dip our heads down, but I ended up slouching my entire body <laughs> downwards and um, people still make fun of it to this day, four years later. So. Is, it, is it a Scamfest video? It was like a um, rehearsal for Scamfest video. Oh, yeah. I love choreo because <laughs> I think that if I ever have an excuse to just like let myself go, I will absolutely let myself go yeah. in any context. <laughs> <laughs> Creative outlet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you just told us what a big time commitment um, being part of an acapella group is for you guys. How does that fit into your the rest of your college life? Wow. Acapella, I'm going to say, is a very, very large part of my life. Mm -hmm. That being said, it's not the only part of my life. That being said, like it also depends on... It depends on the type of acapella singer. There are certain people who are... Like, that it, it is actually their absolute entire life for me it's 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 very very significant that being said um there's other things that I really enjoy doing I'm I'm an Asian history major mm -hmm. um and I spend a lot of time with my fellow Asian history Asian studies classmates um I live in Japanese hall I spend a huge amount of time with studying Japanese and studying um with my friends and mm -hmm. hanging out with my hallmates um I'm also part of the Claremont Screenwriting Guild, and I'm a minor in media studies. So I do a lot of screenwriting, and I really enjoy film and television analysis. Um, I'm hoping to make some, I'm hoping to expand my art portfolio both this semester, next semester, and over the summer. And I do think that, like, it is definitely a balance, but it's completely, it's completely manageable. But what do you do in your spare time? I sleep. <laughs> I also, I also, also a good a option. <laughs> I also read a lot of children's literature. You do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So do I. He writes, he writes children's books. But really? Okay. Yeah. So, Spencer. Um, yeah, you know, I about the same. I think it, it is a big commitment, and especially when I had overloaded myself in a lot of different ways in first year. Like in first year, I was in choir. I was on the Mod UN team. I was on the mock trial team and um, acapella, among other things. That basically, wow. um, you know, took me away from That's campus every weekend. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, and, you know, in hindsight, uh, well, uh, let's just say that, you know, there's a reason that I've really pared down my activities now. Um, but it, it's still a big time commitment, you know, uh, I think that finding balance in your time at college is one of the things that you, you're supposed to learn in college in general. And so uh, I think that, you know, over time it's gotten better, um, but that's just something I've had to learn. 
Do you have um, a lot of attrition in the group over a year? I mean, you were talking about how difficult it is when someone doesn't show up. Um, does Do you have people who drop out? I think for our group, the answer is no, unless they're either, you know, leaving college for another mm -hmm. reason or they're taking kind of like a, a mental health break or a health break in general. Uh -huh. um, I, I don't think we've, in my four years here, I don't think we've seen any attrition, just people kind of quitting the group, yeah. which is lucky for us, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree with that exactly. Let's talk about your repertoire for mm. your group. How do you choose your repertoire? And do you perform covers and original songs as well? Mm. <laughs> uh, I, this kind of takes me back to Pitch Perfect. Um, <laughs> gosh, I, I really don't like those movies. Um, <laughs> I think they're just, <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that, gosh, I think it was Pitch Perfect 2. I didn't watch the third. Um, that at the end, they kind of perform a, an original and that's what propels them to the, the top. That doesn't really happen, happen <laughs> in acapella. Um, I think for the vast, vast, vast majority of groups and for the vast, vast, vast majority of the songs that they sing, it's all covers. Mm -hmm. um, but the kind of repertoire that they sing, I, I, I suppose, between groups, the covers that they sing are different. So our group tends to focus on pop, R&B, trying to, trying to like push forward, I suppose, um, like for example, we did a cover of These Walls by Kendrick Lamar, which in itself, it was kind of like a cover of uh, a cover of, uh, of uh, <laughs> These Walls by Kendrick Lamar. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, each of, our, each of our groups is trying to find a way to kind of push the boundaries of what we can and, and want to do. And so uh, that's just one way that we've done that personally. Mm -hmm. Well, I have to say, I am only a sophomore, so I have half of my college career to explore more <laughs> acapella covers. I agree with what Spencer just said in which singing original songs does not really happen mm -hmm. at the Claremont Colleges, nor does it really, I don't think it happens very much anywhere. So I don't think it's it's just us specifically. Um, that being said, our process for choosing songs is a very, very democratic process. There's no person who green lights everything mm -hmm. um, aside from the musical director who often arranges a lot of our pieces. So if she doesn't feel comfortable with arranging a piece, obviously we're not going to sing it. But aside from that, anything, anything goes. Um, this semester, we tried to shift ourselves more towards pop music or music that is well known throughout multiple generations. Mm -hmm. So um, we sang Holding Out for a Hero from Foot from Footloose, we sang Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac. Uh, we we are currently singing I Love You Always Forever, which is a cover by Betty Who, done the originals from the 90s, but um, we're singing a cover of the original, so cover squared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've sang Roses by the Chainsmokers. We've done How Along by Charlie Puth. And we did a cover of First Burn, which is a cover of Burn from Hamilton last semester. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh. mm -hmm. I don't know about you um, and your group, but I, I think that song selection process is very like contentious because everybody you know, has like a big say in what songs they want to sing for the rest of the semester or year or even years. So um, it definitely it's definitely democratic for us. But because of that democracy, it's very uh, heated. <laughs> I, I think. Maybe because I'm not as passionate about 
I, I care obviously about what songs we are going to sing, but I also have faith in my group in the sense of like, they're not going to pick something that sounds awful because we all are like, we're all great singers and we all have good taste to some extent. That being said, I, it is very stressful because there's so many songs to choose mm -hmm. from. And it is a very, it's a glorious moment when your song gets picked for the next semester. <laughs> My song got picked this semester. It was Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac. And I'm living the dream. <laughs> See, I've never had a song being really? been picked. I, actually, oh, no. like for the past two years, like I just haven't thrown one in the ring. I, I don't listen to a whole bunch of music, especially the kinds that we would uh, probably sing anyway. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, other people have really great suggestions that I'd love to listen to. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't need to really uh, add to the already crazy scrum that is song selection. That is true. I find maybe this is because we are women that song selection is limited significantly. Mm -hmm. There's like only a certain range you can really mm -hmm. sing for female voices. And that does not exclude male songs necessarily yeah. that being said we could never sing what's a really really low song that men sing i don't know just like country songs yeah <laughs> we can't sing any male country songs at all um so maybe that's why i feel more comfortable putting songs out there yeah yeah so what's the most difficult song you've done i think the most difficult song that um we've done as a group is probably it's a song by lady gaga called till it happens to you um, not difficult in particular because of its uh, kind of technical difficulty, but because of the subject matter. It was part of this. Um, mm. It was part of this uh, movie called *The Hunting Crown* that dealt with sexual assault, and kind of Lady Gaga had written this song for uh, that movie. Mm -hmm. And you know, we were very lucky to be able to record that in like in in Diane Warren's studio, which was really a fantastic mm. experience. Um, and we got a chance to, in this campaign against sexual assault, it's on us. We got to, uh, in my first year, which was insane, sing at the White House uh, mm -hmm. for Joe Biden and in this campaign against sexual assault. Um, but, you know, which meant we had to sing it a lot. And, you know, for for such kind of sensitive subject matter and for, some, for a subject that has such baggage for a lot of people, it was a difficult song to sing all year. And... Mm -hmm. You know, once that group, once that like that year's class had graduated, we never sang it again because it's it's it was just a really tough song to sing. Yeah. Just emotionally difficult. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. My story is a little different, um, <laughs> but I think the hardest song that I've had to sing so far was How Long, which was a song from last semester um, that we sang for Scamfest. And it was a, a technically difficult song, I would say. We had a really hard time getting it right. But moreover, the song had a double meaning in the sense of we were trying to re we were trying to tweak our image at that point in the semester. And at that point, like for women's blue and white as a group, um, we are known as like a very historic group. But we also want to we wanted to acknowledge that, but also step into a more contemporary era. And one of the things that was really important to us was with this song was that a it's a very contemporary song but b it also was being performed and it was our first song for scam fest which is like essentially the most advertised acapella show at the five c's if you're going to see acapella you're going to see it at scam fest and that was our opening number and for us it it came with this like wardrobe change. It came with this double meaning of what is our group going to be now? And the fact that we successfully pulled it off 
really like open the floodgates for new possibilities in the future. I'm curious, do you know what kind of songs that your group sang like 30, 40 years ago? Um, we have a lot of traditional songs. Do do most does your group have traditional songs? Okay. Um, we sing like a we what's it called? Style Stills and Nash? Is oh Cosby yeah. Cosby Stills and Nash. Cosby yeah. Nash. We sing we sing Cosby Stills Nash and Young at yeah. one point and then Cosby Stills and Nash. Yeah. So we <laughs> this have is my era. Yeah, we have no we have a traditional song from that era that we sing at every concert. Gotcha. Um and I feel like it was in that style that was that we performed like in the 80s and 90s and okay. it's only until recently that we've really shifted that have you seen that shift even when you've been in a group yes yes hmm. um my first year experience was at least with songs and song choice was very different from what it is now hmm. so sort of related to what you're alluding to right now and since you're both in leadership positions within the group how do you keep the group going from student generation to generation do you feel a responsibility to keep the the student group going and the tradition alive. Absolutely. And I, I don't know if this is the same for you, but in part because men's blue and white died so suddenly, the, the feeling that your group is mortal is so imminent to me. Mm -hmm. um, it's really, on a side note, um, we performed at Alumni Weekend last week, which is like possibly, even though Scamfest is wonderful, Alumni Weekend might be my favorite because I love old people. <laughs> and... <laughs> and one of the people that we sang for for their 25th anniversary they came up to us and were like you guys were great i was president of men's blue and white where's men's blue and white oh, no. and we were like oh they died three years ago <laughs> oh. he was so mad and so I'm upset sure. he was so distraught he yelled at he didn't yell at us but he was yeah. just like crying out to the Pointed, gods like yeah. was like where's gabby star i need to talk to her <laughs> 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 and I like seeing how upset he was about how, the fact that his acapella group that he was president of had very recently died. It just made me think I can't let that happen to my group, at least like in, mm -hmm. in the Not years. Not on my that, watch. Yeah, at yeah. least in the years of my control, I refuse to let that happen. And I think the best way to combat that actually is to create a, an environment that fosters people who want to come back and want to preserve the group and be actually in the acapella audition process, find people who you know will care about the group mm -hmm. and will want to mm -hmm. see it grow and change and will take up leadership positions in the future. Mm -hmm. Who'll do more than sing. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. Who'll take ownership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess the after school specials don't really have the both the blessing and the burden of being kind of a storied group at mm -hmm. the colleges. I think the as best we know, it started in the early 2000s at some very very unspecified date um but still 19 years ago yeah i mean <laughs> not too long i suppose and you said it was sort of a gag group at first right it was sort yeah. of it was it wasn't really that serious of a, a group it's a miracle that i'm still sitting here right now honestly <laughs> um but i think you know that that's a question that we're really grappling with right now especially because we have a huge number of seniors seven seniors who are graduating and a lot of people that are going abroad next semester, which means that the group next year is going to be really quite small um, and not many people to carry on that kind of institutional legacy. I think mm -hmm. Lindsay touched on a really great point that you, you know, it really starts at the audition process, you know, choosing the right people, not just, you know, great singers, but also people that will carry on that legacy that are really passionate about acapella. Um, but at the same time, 
it's also something that you have to do continually, kind of creating those traditions and institutional practices that'll keep it going. And you also have to model it, right? I mean, you have to yeah. show that you're willing to to put a lot into it so that they realize what really, what it takes. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. And it's so hard though, because a lot of the group's culture, and I'm sure it's the same for Women's Women White, is it comes from each individual member. So it's not kind of a top-down, this is what we do and how we do it. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's a common shared belief in the kind of practices that we do yeah. and carrying those out throughout history, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's a tough question and mm -hmm. honestly, a, a scary prospect. I hope things keep going next year, but we have a great leadership team next when year. When you come back for your 25th reunion. Yeah. What do you want to hear about? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I don't have to have a word with the president at the time. I, I do think like one of the highlights of, of Alumni Weekend as well is when you do go to those reunions and it's like 30th reunion and those people were in Women's Blue and White because I've met a good solid handful of those people and mm -hmm. it's it's so amazing to hear their stories and how to, for them to say that even though like obviously our music's different and our like we might look different our size might be different they always say you guys feel the same mm -hmm. and you guys still sing the same traditional songs that we do mm -hmm. and like that legacy is something that i am so grateful for so tell me about the selection process how how do you add new members to your group well there is <laughs> one day or there is two days of a cappella auditions for every group ah, it is so, you, so it's all it's all put together into one big uh, selection process. Yeah, it's it's so is the acapella draft. It is. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it feels like that in many ways. It's it's a stressful day on both ends, I would say. Um, so do you have people who audition for multiple groups, or do you yeah. or do you audition mm. once for everybody? What, how does no, it work? No, it goes. So you have like seven minutes per audition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seven minutes per audition, um, and typically. Um, most acapella auditionees audition for every group. Um, the, the day is long for them and the day is long for us. Um, we, at least our group went from, when did we start this year? When did auditions start? You mean in the morning? Yeah, in the morning. Oh, probably 8 a.m. Yeah, or so. it started at 8 a.m. and then we went till 6 or 7 yeah. p.m. And then we did callbacks at 10. Yeah, so... I guess how that works is, you know, you have individual auditions on the first day, which is the Saturday. So people go in, you test kind of their range and their and typically pitch matching, and then they get to sing a kind of excerpt of a solo. And if you make the cut from that stage, then at 10 p.m. of that day or the nighttime of that day, you're called back to a callback on the next day where you spend an hour with the group and that's testing more mm -hmm. how you sing with a group mm -hmm. and kind of yeah. work together mm -hmm. personality as well yeah. i suppose yeah mm -hmm. it's it's personality it's how group dynamics how you can sing in a group and then another excerpt different than the one from the day before mm -hmm. and then after that process is done at typically 10 p.m or 10 30 we do final calls for to see who was accepted or who was not. Yeah, so it's, it's a pretty strict thing. You're not allowed to call the person to yeah. say they've been accepted before mm -hmm. 10 p.m. And that's to prevent any kind of tampering, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. to get to, to get the uh, head start on somebody else. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a really crazy time. It's it's possibly the most stressful day of the year in many ways. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. It's especially stressful because, you know, the people that you take are going to be in the group, you know, for the foreseeable future for four years, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But, and, and if someone is accepted by multiple groups, they, so you can accept someone and they could spurn you. Yeah, that is very much a possibility. I think it's happened to every group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, on the, on the side of kind of potential auditionee, it's also a hard thing, yeah. I'm sure, because, you know, there are so many groups and each mm -hmm. has its own kind of strengths and individual mm -hmm. kind of group culture as well. Yeah. How many groups are there? I, can we run through a list? I'm, I want to say there's, seven. Yeah, I was going to say seven as well. There's Claremont Shades. There's you guys. There's my group, Women's Blue and White. One Night Stanza. There's Hooligans. There's... Moods, mood swings, mood swings, and echo. Midnight echo. Seven. Yeah, seven. Wow, seven groups. Yeah, it's a lot of auditions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do have to say though, every group has its own culture and vibe and personality, and mm -hmm. you would never mistake one for the other. I would say no. It helps that each group has its own color, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> set as well. Very true. Very true. So we're <laughs> green. And we are blue and white. That's mm -hmm. that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we're actually, we're black yeah. You sort of don't have much choice, really. I mean, yeah. blue and yeah. It's actually the Pomona colors, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah that's that the whole idea of it. Yeah. <laughs> that was why. Yeah. It's just done. Yeah. Those connections, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's weird that each group has kind of a no a monopoly on a certain uh, color, right? Because I green think, is a very limiting color. Yeah, I was about opinion. to say, we lucked out. <laughs> yeah. Like, the sur there was a sheer surplus of blue and white clothing. Yeah. And, like, yeah. both simultaneously blue and white together yeah. and blue and white separately. Yeah. It's yeah. quite easy for so us. So if you don't think you look good in green, you're not going to join your group. That's <laughs> yeah, I suppose. So, you know, it didn't stop me, but here we are. Now, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Go, I'm, go for it. The... Um, and now I've lost my question. You go ahead. No, no, no problem. <laughs> um, walk us through competitions. What do competitions look like? How do you guys prepare for them? And then how do, how are those how are those structures? You guys said you travel a bit, and you guys are more local. How does yeah. that, What does that look like? There's Scamfest, right? Is Scamfest considered a competition? No, but I think you know you put in the same amount of preparation. Okay. As Scamfest yeah. as everything okay. else. Okay. Personally, our group doesn't currently do mm -hmm. competitions in part because I think it for our group it would actually detract to like. Our goals for the group, sure. our, our group is more geared towards sounding as amazing as we are. But at the same time, it's not about winning. Mm -hmm. It's about fostering the best community possible and performing for the sake of ourselves. Yeah. Um, but you can elaborate on your competition performance if you would like. Yeah, I guess it's this tough dichotomy between having a group that really wants to be a family and a strong community, but also pushing ourselves a lot to get to where we've been and where we hope mm -hmm. to go in the future. Um, competitions are very, very stressful. Um, so the typical way that these things go down, it's all in the spring. Um, the quarterfinals are, you have to submit a video and then you get entered in the quarterfinals. Um, those happen in the spring, happens February, and then the top two from that goes on to the semifinals, which typically happens at UCLA. Um, and then the single top group from that uh, semi-final goes to the finals in New York. Mm. And so you'll end up with about 10 groups in New York that have all filtered through the system. Um, and you know that each of these groups has the same goals as you and they've, 
been preparing just as hard as you have. And so every group is bringing their A game. I, that's why I compare it to ScamFest because you know every group is really bringing their A game. Mm -hmm. um, people are innovating. People are you know doing really amazing things. And of course, the the quality of singing is just just amazing it's comparable to any like of those singing competitions you see on tv um and it's a really stressful time you know <laughs> i don't i don't know how much more to say about that i guess the traveling is also a really fun thing last year the semifinals were in oregon so we went to oregon and we stayed at uh, a friend's uh, one of the members house and it was really nice to meet uh her parents and to to, to live in their house and then we went to new york which of course was um you know i'm super lucky to have been able to do that um, going back to selection again for a second, yeah. we we talked about the the auditions. How is the final decision made? How do you decide who you select? Is it a is it a vote of the group? Is it how how do you decide? We we do democratic process, so everyone has a say. Even if like there's only one person who disagrees, there have been cases where one person has disagreed, and one by one, this girl changed the mind of every person <laughs> in the group. Into admitting mm -hmm. or into changing, yes, the decision. Um, yeah, into changing decision. their decision. Um, but like typically, we tend to agree on almost everything. There has mm -hmm. never been a time where people were like half the group was divided, yes or no, on somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, moreover, we all look for the same things when we are selecting new members. We look obviously for strength of singing and their ability to blend with group with the group, but also their whether they will be a good match for our group as well, personality-wise. Obviously, that's hard to gauge when you've only met a person for two minutes. That being said, I'm really proud of our selection process, and I think that we do a very, very good job. Yeah, I, I think maybe just like song selection, whereas for <laughs> Boo and White, it's not, maybe not so contentious, I think, in uh, our group. Um, it's definitely uh, <laughs> a, a, <laughs> a battle. You know, you have people that really vouch for certain people and you have you know people that are maybe more polarizing in general and we we do look for the same things i think you know you look for individual talent you look for culture the ability to sing within the group um, but it's also difficult because you know only certain people can see certain parts of the, of the audition process so for example when we go into that second day of callbacks you're typically as a group member i'm working with people that are auditioning for kind of my part so uh, as like a baritone or a bass and so i don't get to see the sopranos the altos uh, you know mm. even the tenors right and so and so everyone's kind of working with a bit limited information and and yeah. at the same time you know you don't necessarily know how the person is going to fit in terms of culture mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And again, you have people that have interacted more with certain people that have more insight into that. And so um, you get kind of this information asymmetry that goes on <laughs> where, um, and I think that leads to a lot of the um, the kind of, not issues, but the, the difficulties that we have with song selection, mm -hmm. or excuse me, um, with uh, kind of person selection, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, not not the best way to put that. Um, um, <laughs> I never really thought about that. As a women's group, you tend to hear everyone's voice. Like I've right. I've never considered that I just wouldn't know certain people because of their voice part. Right, that's really interesting. I think I'm a soprano. I'm a soprano one two, um, but. That being said, we tend to always gravitate towards altos because that's what we always need. You mm -hmm. can never have enough alt like 
altos are blessings truly in disguise <laughs> in women's groups. And so like whenever we do um, the audition process, even though I, I am a soprano, I tend to acknowledge the soprano's existence and acknowledge whether they're a good fit musically for us. But then I always am trying to listen to the altos because that is our top priority. So it's like, that's really mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I have too much more to add to this. I think um, ultimately, though, it does, we do unify around the people that we choose. And of course, you know, everyone that would go into a cappella that, you know, generally makes it that far in the process is both like, you know, passionate and generally like a pretty good person. And mm -hmm. so uh, I, I, I think that, you know, no matter who you choose, I think they'll end up being a good culture fit for the for the group. And I've definitely seen that over my three years here. Four years. Mm -hmm. How many um, people audition for the seven? Like, what's so many? Close to so a hundred each year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So many people. Yeah. They just how do you how do you tell the person that you've had to say no to? You email. <laughs> <laughs> like in the real world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like that. You email as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And but the, the hardest part is, you know, seeing them afterwards in the yeah. dining hall. No, it's also like awkward. you see them you see them in your classes. So like in all honesty, I think that people are okay. Like eventually, like yeah. everything's yeah. fine. But it is hard initially, like the first day. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The worst thing though is I have a really terrible memory that um, I've tried to work on. But, you know, you see somebody and you say, oh, have we met before? And they would say, <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, I auditioned for your group. And I feel so, so, so horrible. Mm -hmm. But, you know, yeah. happens to mm -hmm. most of us. Just wait. As you get older, it gets worse. Oh, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> to contrast that, what's your best memory as a member of your group? Every year for us, um, we have a women's blue and white retreat in which we Airbnb a house typically uh -huh. and or stay at someone's like at their house nearby or like in a nearby area. And we just spend a night hanging out with each other. We don't we typically don't rehearse. We just eat a lot of cake and like we get cheese from the nearby cheese store and we like order pizza and we just hang out with each other. And this year's retreat was so much fun in my opinion. I also did not sleep at all. But <laughs> getting to spend time with my acapella friends without any, like you can't bring homework, that's also the rule. You can't worry about school. You can't talk about like things that would make people like feel competitive or upset. And instead we just like spend our time playing cards or talking to each other. And it's, like I genuinely love those memories so much. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard for me to point to a single time. That's my happiest moment, I think. We do retreat every year, and that's always a bunch of fun to get people together. For us, it happens kind of closer to the beginning of the academic year, which lets us kind of get to know each other and spend time with each other outside of the context of the colleges, which is really nice. But I think probably my best memory would have to be last year, uh, competing in the finals. I think that was like one of those things that it's really a once in a lifetime opportunity. And the fact that we had spent so, so much time preparing to get to that place together really fostered a really sense of closeness. Mm -hmm. And especially to be on the other side of the country where a lot of us hadn't been before, mm -hmm. I think really fostered the sense of really community belonging and, you know, just great atmosphere overall. Mm -hmm. 
So, Spencer, you're about to graduate. Uh, Lindsay, you have a couple more years. I have a lot of time. <laughs> um, but what are your plans after Pomona, and do you think you'll ever sing a cappella again after that? <laughs> I guess the, the classic question, what are you doing after college? <laughs> um, uh, Except that usually we don't add, are you also, also going to sing a cappella? <laughs> suppose so. Um, yeah, so I, I studied economics during my time at Pomona, and uh, I think I'm doing a classic economic thing, economics graduate thing to do, which is consulting. So I'll be in uh, San Francisco working at a consulting firm called Cornerstone. And mm -hmm. um, I'm really looking forward to my time there. But in terms of, you know, whether I'll do acapella, the answer is almost certainly not. <laughs> I think, you know, this is one of those things that's very uniquely college. And I'm very happy for it to have been <laughs> my unique experience at college. Um, but you know, I think there will always be a place for music in my life one way or the other. And whether that outlet be acapella or something entirely different, I think I'm still going to keep some form of music in my life. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I'm a lot younger than Spencer. <laughs> so I, like um, I, I have plans for the future, but they are far less concrete than a, that of a senior's would be. Um, so I, again, I'm a history major focusing on Asia, but I'm also a media studies minor. And in the future, I want to go into the entertainment industry, preferably in film production or TV mm -hmm. production. And the reason I want to do that, and I think this is actually related to acapella and singing as well, is I, I love storytelling. I love the power that stories, or I love how stories can make you realize that people are all universally similar despite our exterior circumstances and differences. And I think music like that is incredibly universal. Music for me, the reason I like acapella, aside from the camaraderie and the beautiful music we make, is also the fact that it is really universal in a lot of ways. As long as you can speak, you can sing. And that universality, I do feel like I want to take on or I want to take with me in the future, no matter where I go. I think that's what's what's you know compelling about acapella as a medium in general is that you have this purity of the human voice mm -hmm. that you can't convey with other with instruments or anything else. You know, I think a lot of instruments and uh, kind of instrument players try to mimic the human voice in their in their mm -hmm. um, in their playing, but you know why why do that when you have the real thing mm -hmm. right there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would love to direct and create a musical one day. Where can our <laughs> listeners find your music, your group's music? Well, we are working on an album right now. Nice. Um, Very nice. Well, our most previous album was in CD form. Um, that being said, we realized that not a lot of people have CDs anymore. Um, aside from aside from aside from alumni aside aside from alumni who love our CDs <laughs> on alumni weekend. Do you have vinyl by any chance? Of course. We don't. Would it be would it be too much to get a vinyl? That'd be hilarious. That'd be, I think, I I think we great. should as well. I think yeah, that's I'm a sure great idea. Would love it. Actually, oh, yeah. though, yeah. it'd be it'd be very expensive. I don't know if they would want to pay for that. <laughs> but um, we are creating an album right now, and I okay. believe that we're trying to get it onto Spotify. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you can find our music on, you know, wherever you find your streaming kind of services. So um, we're on YouTube. Oh, we're all, we're on oh, YouTube as YouTube. well, actually. Yeah. yeah, we're on YouTube. Yeah, Wings Blue and White. Yeah, <laughs> we're on Apple Music, Pandora, Spotify. It's the after school specials if you want to check it out. Um, 
we're also we also have an Instagram page that uh, our social media director Langa would kind of hate if I didn't plug. That's <laughs> ASS Acapella, and so check it out. It's got a lot of fun, fun, fun content. Okay, on that note, we're going to wrap this up. <laughs> um, our thanks to Lindsay Chu of the Women's Blue and White and Spencer Louie of the After School Specials. And I'm not going to spell that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure. And to all who've stuck with us this far, we have a treat for you. Enjoy recorded performances from the After School Specials and Women's Blue and White.
Let the water come and carry us away. Oh, when you were young, did you question all the answers? Did you envy all the dancers who had all the nerve? Look around you now. You must go for what you wanted. Look at all the friends who didn't got what they deserved. And there's so much time to make up everywhere you turn. Time we have wasted on the way. So much water moving underneath the bridge. Let the water come and carry us away. Let the water come and carry us away. Let the water come and carry us away.